Under the Texas Sky is brought to you in part by Toyota, a proud supporter of Texas parks and wildlife programs. Toyota, let's go places. Long before Europeans arrived in the land we now call Texas, Native Americans inhabited most of our state. From the Gulf Coast to the Llano Estacado, there were empires, functioning cities, and trade networks used by a multitude of Native American tribes. There were the Karankawa, Alabama Cushada, Caddo, Comanche and Apache, Cherokee, Kiowa and Kickapoo, Tonkawa, Waco and Cheyenne, just to name a few. Sadly, the arrival of Europeans and Anglo-Americans created conflicts that would ultimately wipe out millions of American Indians and decimate the bison herds they depended on for food, utensils, and clothing. The last of the Free Plains Indians, the Comanche, led by Chief Kiwana Parker, surrendered to the U.S. Army in 1875 and settled on a reservation in Oklahoma. On the Wander List, we'll speak with Texas Parks and Wildlife's Regional Interpretive Specialist, Cassie Cox, and Archaeology Lab Director, Ina Dodge. November is National Native American Heritage Month. Cassie and Ina will share how Native American heritage is recognized and being preserved in Texas state parks. Stay with us. From Texas Parks and Wildlife, this is Under the Texas Skies Wander List. I'm Randall Maxwell, and joining me by phone are Cassie Cox, Regional Interpretive Specialist for West Texas State Parks in Alpine, Texas, and Ina Dodge, Archaeology Lab Director in the State Parks Division here at our Austin headquarters. Cassie, I'll start with you. We're in the month of November, and this is National Native American Heritage Month. Tell me about your area where you're located and what the historical significance of Native Americans are in your region. Absolutely. I'm out here in Alpine, Texas, and I work in Fort Davis, so in the Big Bend and Davis Mountains area of West Texas. And this area is claimed as homelands by the Mescalero Apache and Isleta del Sur Pueblo, among other tribes. And I just want to remind people that the places that we live and we work and we play were once and still are homelands for different Native American tribes. And these lands were either taken from those peoples or acquired in a treaty. And many of these situations resulted in the forced removal of tribes from their Native homelands. So we should strive to be more sensitive in understanding of that difficult past. Good point. Ina, could you tell us about the Central Texas region where, where we're located here? Yeah, sure. Um, in Central Texas, uh, there were many and are many Native Americans who lived here and have relationships with this part of the state. Uh, the Tonkawa tribe and the Comanche Nation, among others, there's probably 10 more tribes. The Alabama Cushada, the Caddo, the Kiowa, they all have um, strong connections to this part of the state. So, Ina, in which parks do we have Native American affiliations? All of them. Texas has a very diverse population, and all of our parks 
uh, were at one time or are now uh, affiliated with Native American tribes. Um, the diversity of the state is reflected everywhere we go. And most of the tribal nations, their governments are now outside of Texas, but they do keep those strong relationship with the state and the lands here. Uh, regardless of whether the groups live in Texas or not, those strong cultural ties to their homelands are very important. One of the most important parks to Native Americans is Palo Duro Canyon State Park. It contains cultural sites, which are very important to modern tribes, as it was the location of the final battle of the Red River War. In September of 1874, the U.S. Army charged into the canyon where several Native American tribes were gathered in a combined village for protection during the winter. And it was there that the U.S. Army soldiers captured and burned the villages while Indian warriors fought to protect women and children attempting to escape the canyon. And the descendants of those survivors are still alive today. I just can't imagine during that time, you know, what, what were they thinking, you know, is happening to their homeland. And here in this beautiful, picturesque color of Palo Duro, it just must have been devastating. Absolutely was. Um, and that's why it's so important that uh, we maintain a relationship with Native American tribes who have that relationship to that place, uh, that sacred place, frankly. And um, we do, we keep the, we try to keep, you know, an open dialogue about what happened there and be able to tell the story in a sensitive way. Well, let me shift back to Cassie right now because I know out in West Texas we have Waco Tank State Park and historic site. Can, Cassie, can you shed a little light on that? Yeah, so Ina mentions telling the stories of our Native American tribal affiliations in our parks. And so at Waco Tanks, that's another example of a place where we are currently doing that. So there are several affiliated tribes out there. This is uh, Waco Tank State Park way out in El Paso. And those include the Mescalero Apache tribe, which are in southern New Mexico, the Isleta del Sur Pueblo, who have facilities just right outside of the park, as well as the Isleta del Norte Pueblo, the Kiowa, and Comanche tribes. And some of these tribes have participated in an annual event that the park has called the Interpretive Fair, where they do public presentations and tours, and it helps these Native American tribes tell their stories, their family and ancestral connections to the sites in their own voices. And... Some of these tribes have also been able to, through tours and guiding um, park staff around the park, to provide more insight into the meaning of some of the rock art symbols that are out there and um, symbols that they recognize that have been passed down through generations. So it's great to be able to learn from them and share with them and then um, you know, help other visitors to the park recognize the importance of the, of the things that they're seeing from modern voices. And Cassie, it reminds me of kind of the Spanish missions in Texas, you know, like Goliad, for instance. Yes, yeah, and Goliad State Park and a historic site is a symbol for us of the missionizing of Texas by the Spanish, whose goals were to spread Catholicism, but also build support against the French, who were also trying to claim parts of Texas. And so this is a site where the stories about Native Americans are difficult to tell, but we need to have these conversations. It was a painful moment in their existence because this religion and these ideals were being forced upon them. And, you know, these difficult stories have sh helped shape Texas today. Well, the story of Texas is worth getting correct, isn't it? 
absolutely. We want to hear all, all sides, all voices in our story of Texas. Uh, I'll throw this both to you. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to say about Native Americans and Texas state parks? Ina? I just want to remind everyone that North America has been home for people for over 13,000 years. We know their history because of the objects they left behind. The earth ovens for cooking plants, spear points, dart points, arrow points, and other hunting tools. But our Native American tribal nations are still here today living in the modern world. They hold public office, contribute to music, art, business, agriculture, and so much more. Ina is absolutely right. Um, and in Texas State Parks, we want to do a better job of sharing the stories of our affiliated tribal nations by continuing to partner with them, to hear their stories of the importance of our public lands, and help them elevate their voices. Well, thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. I really appreciate your insight, and I know our listeners have learned a lot more, uh, especially as we celebrate National Native American Heritage Month. You're so welcome. Thanks, Randall. Support from Toyota allows us to bring you stories from under the Texas sky. Toyota has been a proud sponsor of the Texas Parks and Wildlife Foundation since 2002, providing generous support to help the department provide outdoor programs for Texans and to conserve the wildlife of the Lone Star State. We're done wandering for this podcast, but Louis Bond and I, or our executive producer Cecilia Nasty, We'll be back with more fascinating things to learn about our great state of Texas. Before heading to any state park, historic site, or natural area, call ahead. Also, keep an eye on the Under the Texas Sky Instagram account, which is at Under the TX Sky. We'll use it to notify you of some of the wanderlust subjects we plan to cover and give you a chance to ask questions, some of which we'll answer on the podcast. Under the Texas Sky is a production of Texas Parks and Wildlife. We produce our Wanderlust series in partnership with Texas Parks and Wildlife magazine in the media production studios in Austin, Texas. Yours truly did our sound design. Whitney Bishop does our social media. And we get distribution and web help from Susan Griswold and Benjamin Kaling. Stream or download Under the Texas Sky and Under the Texas Sky's Wanderlust wherever you get your podcasts. And please leave a review while you're there and let us know how we're doing and what you'd like to hear. Until next time, keep on wandering under the Texas sky. I'm Randall Maxwell. Chavanama Chueca, Chavanama Chueca.